Do it again. Of all the gin joints in all the towns in all the world. You're listening to Drinks, Jokes, and Storytelling. A martini, shaken, not stirred. Don't try and church it up, son. You can't handle the truth. I am the picture that got small. Your first one's on us. Oh boy, it's another Drinks, Jokes, and Storytelling with your host, Mark Rigadano. Richie Byrne. And your producer, Soul Joel. It's like we never left. I know. Well, this what is... What a quick week. We're renaming this place the Public House. This is now... Yes. We're, inside we're, Soul Joel Studios. Yes. Inside Soul Joel's... Joel Bat. Inside Soul Joel Studios, we're shooting... We're recording at the Public House. Now, here's the thing. We're hoping to take the show on the road. If you have a bar, a brewery, a winery, an establishment of alcohol, a church <laughs> that you can have alcoholic beverages, um, we would love to come in, do we'll the show do live, the show live, and, and then give you a comedy show. Yeah, or maybe do the comedy show first so everybody gets to know us know. there, and then we record right after already, with the audience. We are meeting. We are having meetings now about that. Am I right? Speaking of meetings, uh, we're on to the next drink. Yeah, um, <laughs> way to be a producer. A? No, a? I, I might need you to go to a different so, meeting after tonight. Our new, our I, new, um, our new format starts with a drink. So, Richie, so, what are we drinking? We're drinking. We're tonight. going basic tonight. tonight? We, st- we went with a ten-year-old McAllen's last week. As a little, yeah. That's, but we like. Uh, we uh, we are going. Oh, cool. We're going. I got one. So we both have openers. We're just going with a beer tonight. A little simple, nice. One of my favorites, Sam Adams. Oh, the Boston, the Boston Lager. Lager. And I'm, I love a lager. I love a lager. Because da- Daddy so, needs his milk before he goes to bed. Here we go. Oh, that's good. I can't get it to work. Here, use the big one. That's what she said. <laughs> that's what I this, this seems is a, so good in rehearsal. This is a silly giveaway. So so here we go. Cheers, Mark. Cheers. Little Sam Adams. Uh, now, when it comes to like breweries... I always go with a lager first. That's a true test of if they make good beer to me. Really? A is lager, it really? I didn't know that. To me, a lager is the baseline. Like, if you can go up and you can go down from a lager, depending what you like. like so when I go to a brewery and I ask if they make cider, I'm not really testing them at all? Well, no, that's what you're into. I'm, oh, okay. I'm saying for me. Right. For me, a lager or a pale ale... It's kind of like I have trouble baseline with beer. And then from there, you can go darker. See, like, I don't like uh, wheat beers. Wheat beers drive me nuts. They mm. make my eyes itch. I think, <laughs> I think it's you probably are allergic to gluten. I, I don't know what gluten is, but I might be. It's wheat. Okay. Okay, so we have the beer. <laughs> We're drinking Sam Adams it's during delicious. the show. And now it's time for the joke. Joke of joke the day. Street joke of the day. I heard this one the other day from a friend of mine named John Cheney. Shout out, shout to out to John the John Cheney, Cheney, who is one of the worst joke tellers. Unshout out the John Cheney. He's awful at it. So the first time he told you this joke, you were probably half listening, expecting it was going to be mm-hmm. bad. For some reason, I thought he had such a confidence about himself. Okay. Because normally John will tell you a street joke, and it's one you've heard a million times. Like he's gotten to the point where I go, if I know it. I'm cutting you off. And you're also meeting him under unusual circumstances. Not for me. We're in a bar. Oh, I thought I thought it was at his mother's funeral. 
No, it's a different joke. Oh, got it. Back to you, Rich. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we could tell the other joke. Oh, uh, whoopsie cakes. Go so, ahead. John came up to me the other night, and he said, I have a joke, and I he knows if I know it, I'm going to cut him off. And a lot of times... Th- no, that's a, something I want to ask before we get into the jokes, because this is kind of joke etiquette. You cut people off if you know the joke? I tell them right up front. You go, I know this If one. I know the joke, I'm cutting you off, okay? And aren't you... Aren't you interested? They might have a twist that you don't know. No, I'm not interested at all normally, but that's a good point. Um, I love a joke, even if I've heard it a million times. I can yeah, give it to me because I want to hear your take on this. But most people can't tell jokes. I don't. I disagree. All right, I, I have a funny story about that. I'm one of the only people I think out in comedy that if after a show somebody goes, "I got one for you," I go, "I'm listening." Mm. I can't wait to hear a joke. That's because you're a drunk. Anyway, I'll tell you a funny story. I'm not denying it. Everybody's looking at me like, are you going to rebut? Nope. (laughs) I did a gig a few years ago for uh, Joey Cola. Shout out to Joey Cola. Sorry, I was in mid-sip. He was in mid-sip. And it was a daytime gig, and it was all men. It was some private event. I know why they requested you. And... um, (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> this show should also drinks jokes roasts and storytelling yes, really drinks so all we do is bust each other drinks jokes, ins- beat- drinks inside jokes and storytelling beat the shit out of richie yeah so um th- it's one of those shows that you know is gonna suck it's awful i mean joey does it every year and he's up there dying and Chris Monty's going to go next. Oh, they're all Shout with you. Shout out to Chris Monty. They're all with you. It's not just you. No. And it's in a back room at an Italian restaurant. And they're all just loud guys just wanting to drink and party. And, Italians? Yeah. And, um, and uh, Joey goes up and he's trying to get through. And Monty goes up. And Monty gets them. He starts to get them with some street jokes and stuff. He's getting them. He's getting them. And I know I'm dead. Right, and I, I just know that they like Monty. That's all they needed. They don't need me, right? So Isn't I go there up. something about like right when you're about to go on, and no matter if the comic before you is doing well or not doing well, you go, they don't want to hear my. They don't want to hear it. So they don't want to hear what I have. So I go up, and they hate me, and they I'm hate- tr- they hate me, and I'm trying to get them. I'm trying to get them, and they're hating me. And I finally start to get them a little bit. Here comes the food. Oh. Here comes the food. The, the worst thing you can do. Comedy procession. And they're carrying in meatballs and sausage and antipasta and all. And I'm tr- what do you like? Uh, uh, Billy, try this, Tony. All that crap. You are I'm performing still for Italians. Trying to get them. Right. I'm tr- and Joey's sitting there, and I'm still trying to get them. Finally, I go, guys. You know what? You don't care. You don't want to hear me anymore. So, you know, I'm just going to go. And they go, no, no, you're doing good. You're doing good. I'm like, no. And now they feel bad. I go, all right, I'll tell you what. I'm going to tell you. This, this is exactly what I felt like when we did that gig at the steakhouse. <laughs> yeah. Like, you don't want me. Yeah. Let me just go jump off a bridge. So oh, they God. go, uh, I go, I'll, I'll tell you guys a street joke, and then I'll get out of here. I'll tell you a street and Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got their attention. Right? And I go, whatever the joke. 
two old guys are sitting on a bench. And as I say it, Cola goes, no, I already told that joke. I already told that. And I'm like, you did? I told it. I told that joke. I go, the one about where the guys do this? And he goes, oh, not that one. <laughs> oh, my God. Shut up. Joe and I go, Walker. you fat piece of shit. I'm like, do you, are you kidding me now? And I turn, I go, this piece of shit hired me for this. <laughs> I can't get you guys to do anything. All of a sudden, finally get you facing me, paying attention to me, and he comes in and ruins the joke. And he's, he's, he's screaming, laughing. I just go, good night. And I walk off. What, what, what did the audience do? Were they they just, were like in shock almost. They didn't know like, what to do. They didn't know, they thought it was planned. They thought it was, you know what I mean? They're right. like, that was so funny, you guys. And I'm like, we really didn't plan that, guys. Trust me. Dude, it was so funny. Did you so see funny. all that sweat? Not planned. And he right. goes, oh, not that one. <laughs> anyway, so I haven't oh. told the joke yet. And I just said to you, <laughs> let's do the drink, the joke, and then the stories. But that it's and we and then I went into a story. Going in. We're, we're like a couple of drunks at a bar. Which is a great True. attitude. I thought you were going to be like, you know what? Joey Cole is right, you piece of shit. Yeah, you just I, yelled at me last week. I just week. had an <laughs> argument with Rick and Donna about this. So, so anyway, John Cheney came up to me in a bar the other day, he, he, and he said, I have a joke, and he tells terrible jokes. And he said, uh, guy's in a bar, and a woman walks in, older woman, late 60s, early 70s. And she's attractive, very attractive woman. And he notices her, so he buys her a drink. She accepts the drink. She sits next to him. They start to talk. They hit it off. He can't believe a woman her age. He realized she's got to be in her mid-70s. It's how good-looking she is. Yeah, so so put together, Loren. So beautiful. And he's like blown away at how hot she is. And all he's thinking is she must have an awesome-looking daughter. Wow. Just so hot. Very so they have a couple of drinks. They get, in, they get a little closer. They're laughing. They're joking. She says, you're really cute. He says, yeah. And she says, even though you're younger, you're really cute and... You know, I'm wondering, are you into a mother-daughter thing? And he said, absolutely. She goes, come back to my house. They get back to her house. They get in the door. She opens the door. She screams up the stairs, Mom! (laughs) (laughs) It's a good joke. I love that joke. That's a great one. I love it. So that's the joke. We have the drink. All right. We already told the stories. Everybody at home. We can go home. No. um, (laughs) Not that joke. We were talking about the other day. We were we were at uh, Chuck Gill's house. Shout out to Chuck Gill. Shout out to Chuck Gill. And we were telling celebrity stories. Yeah, people we've met over the years. And you had a great one about McEnroe, John McEnroe. Yeah, it was at a bar that my wife was bartending at on the Upper West Side, and uh, a, a guy was playing. His name was Gilead Bloom. He was uh, playing jazz music, and uh, he had which a is a great band. name for a jazz. Yeah, it was like jazz blues. It was you know whatever. And uh, I I usually after gigs would just go over to the bar. I'd have a couple drinks, hang out, watch music. That was the night. So I go in the back. I'd never seen this guy, but apparently he's a really great Israeli tennis player. So uh, I was I was all excited to you know go back and just have a couple beers i sit down i'm with my buddies i'm already half in the bag start drinking you? some more yeah i know believe it or not i drank that night and i was like pretty drunk and they started playing and uh all of a sudden my buddy that i was sitting next to hits me and goes look to your left 
And I turn, and not like on the other side of the room. Our thighs are touching. We're sitting next to it. On the other side of your seat. Yeah, it's fucking John McEnroe. It's bench seating, so we're touching. And he's like drinking, having a good time. And he just, uh, they played tennis against each other. And uh, he started heckling his buddy. And I'm drunk. He's heckling. So I decide, eh, what the fuck? I'll heckle too. Yeah, because I played tennis. <laughs> I don't even know how to play tennis. I don't even know how you serve. Or Here's a good idea. Shit. The guy's a former tennis pro. He's here performing his music. And John McEnroe comes in to see him because they're friends. McEnroe starts heckling him. So I will too. So I should heckle. What the heck? <laughs> so after he was done, this Russian woman went on. And they were playing electronica music, and she was running around the room speaking in tongues. And I kept <laughs> speaking in tongues. You mean like Russian? No, no, it was no. not Russian. This was, this was in tongues. And I kept heckling, and I was laughing so hard. Uh, my wife had to have the bouncer kick me out. <laughs> you know it's bad when your wife is kicking you out. She's kicked me out before. I know. I. Ironically, never from the house, just from the <laughs> I decided uh, I had some moonshine from back home, and we're t- uh, Vinny Nardiello. Shout, Shout out, out to, to Vinny, Vinny Nardiello. Nardiello. We have and to have Vinny on the show, but no do. one will understand a word he says. <laughs> so we, when Vinny talks, it's like... He sounds like a percolator <laughs> for a coffee. <laughs> Plug in Vinny. <laughs> He's done. Time to serve him. So... Uh, him and I decide he really wants to try moonshine. I go, well, come back to my apartment. We'll drink some moonshine. We'll take a bus in. We'll go to my wife's bar. We'll watch some music. He's like, that sounds fun. So we drink some of it. Not that much, but moonshine's interesting because when you drink it, it like evaporates as soon as it touches your mouth. So like, we drink a couple slugs. We hop on the bus. We're going in, and we are having a great conversation. We think everything's fine. Last stop is where her bar is. We jump off. We go into the bar, and everybody is staring at us, like just staring at us. We're like, what's wrong? And my wife looks at us and goes, you guys got to go. You cannot be here. We're like, why? What's wrong? I don't understand. Like, we're we're completely fine. She this, goes, this is the last stop of the bus. You are so fucking drunk, you can't even stand. The entire bar is looking at us. She said we sounded like Polish Snaggletooth when we were talking. <laughs> so the buddy that uh, is the bouncer, he called a cab for us and was like, just go directly home. Your wife's paying for the cab. You need to go home. So pretty much all your stories are your wife kicking out of the bar, kicking you out of the bar that she works in. Yes. This is your life. <laughs> and somehow she said yes to William. <laughs> Say yes to the dress. That's correct. <laughs> But you also, when Mark told that story, you had a McEnroe story yeah, you, as well. I was in the men's you, room. You room. were it's closer. Work. You were closer to McEnroe than me. We were in the men's room together. We were in a stall in the men's room. He was on Jimmy Fallon's show, and we used to shoot Dr. Oz's show across the hall from Jimmy Fallon. And we were in the men's room together, and he has, and I do a joke where this is how he pees. And, and he I do a backhand. Like I it's not funny. No, the but he's swinging around. I can explain what you're doing. <laughs> he's swinging around like what? he's with a tennis racket. I do have my pants open. Ba- backhand. <laughs> yeah. He's, his pants are unzipped. At one point, though, he did miss the urinal, and I said, out. 
Speaking of outs, Richie practically I has that. Oh, Richie's practically standing at a year old now because right before we started the show, and I go, Richie, just a quick question. Are your jeans unzipped? He goes, yes. I'm and done, Pop. I'm done. <laughs> I'm d- we went to dinner. We ate too much. I We're ate drinking too much. beer. We're drinking beer. We and I'm like the pants are open, people. I'm sorry. That's <laughs> all I can tell you. The it's, pants are that's open. That's the beauty of radio. Beauty you of don't have to see what Joel and I see. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Now, you see what I see. Facebook Live, not yet. <laughs> um, one day, at J- Paul McCartney was on Jimmy Fallon. He was actually on Saturday Night Live, so he was gonna be on Saturday Night Live. That so he was on Fallon to promote Saturday Night Live. No, he's an interesting dude because like he he's my on, He can play music or just sit on the couch and fucking. Yeah, Randall. I mean, he's great. So he's the, I think he's... He's almost know, as good as, like, one of the Beatles. I, <laughs> <laughs> I went to see him in the, in the fall. I, I've seen him a million times. I went to see him in Nassau Coliseum. And him telling a story is tremendous, you know, about Hendrix or whatever. He's so funny. And, he's so, and you sit there and you're going, this is one of the greatest songwriters of all time. And he could sit all night and not play it a note and keep you ready. People would be fine. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, we should get him for the show. Get him. Book him. So. He's very engaging, I hear. Drinks <laughs> jokes and Paul McCartney. So, um. Speaking of Hendrix, though, side note. Did you know Martin Malp was offered to play rhythm guitar for him? You told me that. That's fucking crazy. I need to look that up. I don't believe that. Go for it. As soon as Richie learns how to use a computer, he'll figure it out. <laughs> we'll get back to you sometime this year. So Paul's going to be on Saturday Night Live. And he's going to be on Jimmy Fallon. And I. this is one of the few real, like, big moments. Meet, for me, meeting Paul McCartney would be an unbelievable thing. And, I, and we had kind of had a policy at work. You didn't talk to people unless they talked to you and all. So... Um, we finish our show and he's recording. Now he's on Fallon. It's like, cause Fallon shot at five 30 to six 30 and we were done around five. So I'm in the hall and he's on, it's on all the monitors and he's out and he's tell, he's on Fallon. So I know he's going to come through these doors at the end of this, uh, segment. segment. And he's going to go to, I know where his dressing room is. I know he's coming that way. And there's a lot of people. How many all. cameras did you set up in his dressing room? There was a lot. So this. <laughs> now, all I wanted to say to him, because I thought this was really cool, and maybe it isn't. But when I was a kid, when I was about six years old, my dad brought home an album that was Meet the Beatles. And, oh, no and it changed my life at six. I remember putting it on and going, what is this? And this I have like, that on vinyl. I'm going to bring it to you really? next time I'm home. And... My whole life became about the Beatles. And my, I come from a family of mu- musical people. My dad had an amazing voice. Because well, you're Irish. My brother was, I guess. But I never thought I could sing until I heard the Beatles. And then I could sing. And I learned about harmony from listening to the Beatles. I didn't know what harmony. I, I never took any music lessons or anything. But everything I learned. And when I was 15 in, in high school... My buddy convinced me to try out for the school play, and it was a musical. I wouldn't. I'm like, I can't do. I can't sing, 
And I actually, it was Guys and Dolls. And I actually went in and sang, If I Fell by the Beatles for Guys and Dolls, which makes no sense. <laughs> and I'm in there, if I gave my heart, whatever. And, um, and I got in the show. And from there, I went from show to show. I went, you know, because I was in all-boys high school. So we do the girls' shows. And then from there, I, I became majored in theater in college. Got out of college, was doing regional theater summer stock. And from there, got into comedy. Because none of this happens if I don't have the ability to sing, which I got from the Beatles. So you, you see musicians all the time talk about, I heard the Beatles and that's why. Changed yeah, it's, my it's, life. It changed it's a my connection, life. it's an to inspiration. Me, now I'm the warm up act at the Dr. Oz show, which I don't get if I'm not a comic, which I don't get if I didn't get into theater, which I don't get if I couldn't sing, which I don't get if it wasn't for the Beatles. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. All I wanted to say to him was, I'm a comedian today because of you. That's all I want to say. I wasn't going to tell him the whole thing I just told you guys. It was, because of you. I think you should have. I'm a comedian today. Yeah. That's all I wanted to say. That's it. How many words is that? Because of you, I'm a comedian today. Eight words. So, so um, he's on the set talking to Jimmy. And there's a line, there's people around. And I'm like, I'm going to tell, I want to tell him this. I'm telling him this. I'm going to figure out a way. I know he's coming out these doors. But... So I get over to the other side by where, where he'd be coming out to. And I stand right outside his dressing room. And I'm like, I'm going to tell him. And in my head, all I'm saying is, because of you, I'm a comedian. Because of you, I'm a comedian. There's something then... about wanting to tell somebody that they shaped your life. Yes. And he comes out the door. And people just come on them, like Attack. crowds of people who are there. And Paul this, Paul that, a lot of them are sending it like people. All of a sudden, and I'm standing by his, I'm like, I'm right where I need to be. And all of a sudden, some guy in a suit walks right in front of me. To t and he goes, Paul. And as he does, I push the guy. <laughs> and it was Lon Michaels. I pushed Lorne ah, ah, Michaels, no, the creator of no. Saturday Night I swear to God, I pushed him out. And, the, and you are now not now you, a comedian you, because of that. You, <laughs> you have to understand something. I got away with a lot because security knew me. They Oh, it's Richie. They're not thinking. No one thought, oh, it's Richie. He's going to go push Lorne Michaels. And I pushed Lorne Michaels out of the way. I'm not making this up. And I, as I do... He was talking to Paul. So there's Paul. Now I'm face to face with Paul McCartney. And in my head, I say, because of you, I'm a comedian. But all that came out was, what's up? <laughs> what's up? <laughs> and he goes. I'm sure it was well worth it. And he goes. Nothing, bro. No, he goes, what's up? And he turns salon. That was it. That was my Paul McCartney moment. Oh, my moment. God. And in my <laughs> mind, so you... But he did say, what's up back? Dude. You got that And I'll never be you. on Saturday Night Live. So, Mark, if we could do a callback to, I think, our second episode, you guys both have similar stories that are in parallel lives. Oh, you yeah, yeah. Stephen, Stephen Wright. Wright. Did, did you even get out what's up to Stephen Wright? Uh, no. The door shut. <laughs> but I was... <laughs> Now, Stephen Wright, if he's listening, shout out to Stephen Wright. Shout out to Stephen is and Paul. He's listening to the show and no one's ever compared me to Paul McCartney ever. Right, right. Wow. You Tonight were. we are. Yeah. <laughs> but you were, you were, you were, yeah. All right. 
Yeah. <laughs> Joel just fell asleep in the middle of the. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So somebody turned the power I, off. I, I, no, I was I was gonna tell retell the, the the story of what we're saying, but no, no. no if you want to hear it, two. yeah, go back to episode two, two and, and listen to the story. Great idea. Those sons of bitches. Really. <laughs> All right. So that's my Paul McCartney story. Shout out to Paul McCartney. Shout out to Paul McCartney. And hopefully Ooh. he's listening and he's shouting out to you. That's been drinks, jokes, and storytelling. So I. But the other thing about McCartney that happened that day that that's just was so funny was he was on Saturday Night Live too. So that was the day that he rehearsed for Saturday Night Live. Before he did Fallon, he was rehearsing Saturday Night Live. Now, between we do two shows a day at Dr. Oz. Between shows, I would find a place, usually on Fallon's set, to take a nap, which is so ah. cool. Yeah. <laughs> so... Usually in Paul McCartney's dressing room. So, <laughs> so, some people are using it to get their big break. He's using it to get his big nap. Yes. So, <laughs> so, I, my buddy Tim, Tim Sullivan, shout, shout out, out to, to Tim, Tim Sullivan, Sullivan, who was worked PR for Doctor Oz, who's a huge McCartney, you know, Beatles guy and all. I, he, this is where I knew he wasn't a good friend. We um. I go into Fallon's studio to take a nap. Now, I don't know that McCartney's upstairs at Saturday Night Live, which is right up on the 8th floor. We're on the 6th. And he's going to start rehearsing his music that he's going to do on the show. NBC put it on the monitors all over NBC. They never do this. It was on the monitors throughout the, the whole building. He did almost an hour. He did the songs, and then he went into Hey Jude. He went. He just started going into everything. He played for an hour. And if you wanted, oh if you knew God. the security guys, you could have gotten into Set Out Live. You could have walked. Well, you I you were on the you were on the most wanted. I was <laughs> asleep. I slept through it. And Tim comes up to me. He goes. Dude, where were you? McCartney just played for an hour. It's great. I went up to the studio. It was it's all over. Signed like, my tits. You didn't wake me. You didn't. And then he goes. You were on the set. I was on balance set. set. He was on Saturday Night oh, Live oh, okay, set. Okay, okay. And then they found out he came down and had pizza. Paul McCartney brought pizza to every. He gave. You want pizza? Who wants pizza? I'm asleep. Your two favorite things: pizza number one. Yes, McCartney number two. And my third, sleep. <laughs> I slept through it. When opportunity knocks, act like Rip Van Winkle. <laughs> Sleep through it. Tim was like, dude, it was unbelievable, man. It was unbelievable. I'm like, shut up, Tim. Paul McCartney was hugging everyone who Paul liked Mc- his music. He was <laughs> he was calling people's of, mothers. Is anyone here because of me? He said that. Is he actually here? asked if he influenced anyone in the business. They could come and sit down. He would call our whole family and vindicate the reason they're doing this. <laughs> so that's my Paul McCartney story. Shout out to Paul McCartney. Shout out to Paul McCartney, but not Tim Sullivan. No, Tim, you're a bad man. <laughs> He's like, dude, I didn't even know where you were. Like, you should have figured it out. And that's why we drink. And this is Drinks, Jokes, and Storytelling. Thank you.
Last call. Thanks for listening to Drinks, Jokes, and Storytelling.